well 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 the time has come yet another bikes and beer you guys seem to really enjoy this series so i definitely wanted to make it a point to do one and today what are we sipping on we got the prickly pear by the grand canyon brewing company thought it was fitting considering the current environment and location <laughs> getting smoked out over here bud so let's go ahead and crack her open and get to talking cheers Not bad. Kind of tastes like a sweeter Bud Light. I don't know what the hell's cactus about it, whether they actually like brew this with prickly pear cacti or what the hell's going on, but not bad. It's got a little sweet tone to it. Well guys, some big changes are happening and a few days ago, the 300L went off to a new home. I touched on it in a couple of my last videos, so I'm sure a lot of you know, but honestly, the plans have changed and the more I have thought about it, the less I need a dual sport. So I guess I'll start all the way back. Why did I buy the 300L in the first place? Well, I'd had so much fun on the 250L that when I heard about this bike, I really thought it was gonna be the perfect option. You got a little bit more power. You know, a lot of people were doing the swap already from the CB300 and the um, 300 Rebel. So people were already swapping that engine in there. I myself had wanted to do it for a long time. So when I heard that they were coming out with a factory option, I was super happy about it. And I ended up deciding to get one. So what draws me to these bikes, number one, the lack of maintenance it's a honda the reliability and it's just good cheap fun you know it's a bike that you can get for around six thousand dollars new out the door and it can do a lot of the things that you put it up to so it's a really good lighter weight dual sport i mean you really don't have a lot to choose from as far as the japanese market i mean you still got the 30 year old drz you've got all the air-cooled models from yamaha unfortunately they discontinued the wr250r so as far as fuel injected and modern kawasaki thankfully brought some competition and they now have the klx 300 and the sm but that leaves us with the crf 300l and i'm a honda guy so that's kind of why i went that route over the kawasaki oh god that stool softener is talking to me so from the factory you're getting a very modern bike you got six speeds fuel injection but as far as the components that surround that really not the best and i was fully aware of that coming from the 250l you know the suspension's terrible they use a lot of cheap parts but for the most part my 250l was solid i had zero issues with it beat the crap out of it and it was a bike that would just keep on going so I love that factor and that's really what drew me to the 300L and I had plans on fixing all of those other issues. So I really wanted to go the full Jake the Garden Snake route and you know do the suspension, take all the emission stuff off of there, open up the exhaust, the airbox, and really just make it one hell of a dual sport. I mean overall some things that I loved about the bike, like I said the reliability, the little to no maintenance that you have to do, I mean it's street bike service intervals so you're literally doing like 3,000, 4,000 mile oil changes, you can even push it further than that but it really is a street bike at heart so the maintenance intervals are just non-existent apart from that like i said you can do pretty much anything on the bike even with the factory tire setup i was doing some pretty wild stuff with it taking it through rivers creeks hill climbs and you can do it but it's just not the best tool for the job the suspension is terrible 
It is way too soft and it's borderline dangerous. It just amazes me that Honda doesn't offer some more options. Like I wish the 300L had some more factory options, like a suspension upgrade, use the 450L suspension, something like that where you could spend some extra money and get higher end components because some people don't want the MX bike service intervals. Like that's the only thing you have next in line. You go from the 300L to the 450L. So why they can't offer some factory options for the 300L that you could just get right from Honda is just beyond me. But they're just thinking far ahead into the future. They're not worried about today's bikes. They're focused on their electric bikes and whatever else they have coming out five to 10 years from now. So that's just the way it is. Thankfully we have the aftermarket for that. But that kind of leads me to why didn't I want to just keep it and mod it and you know turn it into what it could be, just like Jake is doing. For me at the end of the day, you can only get rid of so much weight. You know, you can throw every aftermarket part that they make for these bikes and it, it's still not even gonna come close to what we picked up. Yes, we already got a new bike. But it doesn't matter what you do at the end of the day, it's still gonna be overweight, underpowered, and I shouldn't say underpowered, because the power never really bothered me. And with an aftermarket ECU, some tuning, you can actually squeeze a lot of power out of those 300s. So not necessarily the power, but you can only do so much with the forks and the shock and the overall ergonomics of the bike. Like I said, at the end of the day, it's a street bike. And I had these big dreams of coming out and doing these dual sport rides and reaching these awesome locations, but I travel full time with my dog now and it just isn't realistic. I can't leave him for more than like six hours. I don't like leaving him longer than that. So the idea of having a dual sport and going on these dual sport trips, it's just not gonna happen anytime soon. So why am I gonna choose to ride a dual sport when I would rather spend the time riding some more gnarly terrain, getting back onto the single track, especially when we're spending all of this time out west and there's these beautiful locations to ride at. So ultimately I just came to a realization that the dual sport dreams weren't gonna happen anytime soon. And why am I doing this to myself? You know, the Crown King ride was really the final straw. I was just beaten to death on that ride. And is it possible? Yes, did I have a good time? Absolutely, but the more and more I was just like, why am I doing this? There's so many better options out there and I really don't mind doing the little extra maintenance, especially just with how I plan to ride. You know, I'd rather park the truck and trailer at the trailhead, ride some beautiful single track and come back. I don't get that much enjoyment out of road riding. So for me, the dual sport aspect, well, I'd like to do it someday. For now, I just get off on riding the gnarly stuff and my knee's not getting any better anytime soon. So instead of waiting and hoping, I'm just gonna get back into riding, doing what I love, progressing. So I'd like a bike that I can grow with. You know, the 300L is, is great and all, but it is a Harley in the world of mountain bikes. So that's kind of ultimately what made up my mind and as far as making the switch. Like I always say, when you're looking for a bike, you just gotta know what you plan to do. It'd be different if I was doing these long trips, racking up some road miles. The 300L would be perfect for that. And also, I said this a million times in my other videos, but if I could have multiple bikes, I wouldn't even think about getting rid of the 300L. But with my current travel setup, we're gonna be rolling with a truck and trailer combo. We got a pretty awesome project in the works with the Carefree Camper Company, so stay tuned for that. But with the current setup, I can realistically only have room for two bikes, one for me, one for Lex. You know, if I was back home, I wouldn't even think about getting rid of the 300L, but we plan on traveling for a while, possibly hitting all 50 states. So only being able to have one bike for myself, 
I want something more capable, better suspension, better power, ergonomics, and whatever I get's not gonna be the best, you know, at the on the road stuff. But as long as it can get me through the connecting trails and from the truck to the trail, that's all that really matters to me. So who is the 300L a good fit for? If you're gonna actually use the bike as a dual sport, then it's a fantastic option. You know, you can do the suspension upgrades, you can do all the different kinds of mods to make it a better bike, and you will most likely be very happy with it. Especially if you're a more mellow rider and you aren't doing the gnarly single track and beating yourself up, then it really is a great bike. Don't get me wrong, I had a lot of good times, did a lot of awesome stuff on the bike, and it is capable as is. But you really just gotta think about where you're gonna be riding and what you're gonna be doing. And it's a great bike for a lot of people out there. I don't want people to watch this video and get discouraged that they bought one. Oh, Tanner got rid of his, so it must not be a good bike. No, I'm saying that it is a good bike. I just have different riding plans and I need a bike that matches that. So ultimately, I really just wanted to make this video to kinda clear the air and get this out of the way because there won't be any more 300L content anytime soon and we are moving on. Done talking about the bike for a while. I had a few comments on the last video about content and the 300L was such a good bike for content. What are you gonna do for views? And at the end of the day, I don't want my videos to be focused on the bikes. I want them to be more focused on the adventures and everything that surrounds that. So for me, I do this because I love it and I do this because I want to share these adventures and get people out riding. But I'll leave that to some other people. Like I said, Jake the Garden Snake's doing pretty much everything he can to the bike, so be sure to check out his channel. I'm sure a lot of you are already subscribed to him. He's an OG on the platform. But yeah, we are moving on and I wanted to just get this video out of the way and kind of talk about the reasons why we're parting with the bike and you know what's next. So I already mentioned possible options in the last video of what I was thinking about getting. I'm definitely looking to go back to Team Euro. Top bikes, the Husky 350 and or the KTM 350 XCFW or EXC. So the FE 350 is the off-road enduro model. The S is the street legal version. And with the KTM, the XCFW is the equivalent to the FE. And the EXC is the street legal version. Yeah, they've got a bunch of different letters, number combinations that can kind of get confusing. But those two models are primarily what I'm looking at as well as the 500. I think I would prefer the 350 just because I didn't like the 450L so much and I really like smaller bore bikes. They're more fun to ride personally and I love doing the slow technical stuff, the slow wheelies, all of the enduro stuff. So I feel like the 500 will just be a little bit much for that and I think the 350 will be the perfect option. You know, there's a bunch of other bikes to choose from. You can go with Team Beta. I got Sherco, we got the Gas Gas. The Gas Gas is pretty much KTM equivalent. We got the Raigu or the Raju, however the hell you say it. I believe they bought the old Gas Gas patents or they just took over the previous production. So they are basically the old school gas gas. GPX is another bike that I would love to try, but as far as traveling and being on the road, whatever I get, I wanna have you know dealer availability and the option to get parts wherever. So that's kind of why I'm leaning towards the main brands. I know the 350s are a dime a dozen, but hey, it's more about the adventures and the locations that we're gonna be reaching that I wanna focus on. But I think that wraps things up. The 300L saga is over, at least for now. Will I have another one someday? Who the hell knows? And in the words of Harry Nutsack, change your mind daily. <laughs> That's gonna be the new channel name, apparently. Hopefully whatever I get's gonna stick around for a while. I always say that, but hey, life's short, try new things.
But as far as the beer goes, the old prickly pear, I'll give it a six out of 10. It's nothing crazy, nothing that blew me away. It's a light beer, it's got a nice tone. Let me know what beers you want me to try. I have a bunch of recommendations that I need to go through. So I'd like to do this series a little bit more often. Maybe bring on some guests, who knows. Whatever we end up with next, we're gonna have some wild adventures on it. So be sure you're subscribed if you're not already. Hit the like button if you enjoy this series. Drop a comment below, show your support. And until the next video, live free and adventure daily.